Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, hello everybody and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. Joanne will be up in a minute. We have a great episode coming up. Myself and Joanne were chatting this morning. Steve couldn't be with us because he's in school. He's in school, but he'll be back next week. Um, I'm so organized that we've got Joanne this week, and then we have me and Steve next week, plus a quick interview with Jason Byrne, talking about his new children's book and checking in on uh, everything since his dad died. But today, uh, I'm chatting to Joanne McNally, who is now locked down. In Ireland, level five. Uh, last time we chatted to her, she had some shows coming up. Of course, none of them are happening now. Uh, and uh, so we talked about that. We talked about Jeffrey Tubin getting caught uh, choking one out on a Zoom meeting with the heads of the New Yorker. And uh, actually, myself and Joanne have quite a good debate about that. You might be surprised on the positions that were taken in relation to uh, what Jeffrey Tubin was at. And then we also discuss uh, the fact that Hannah had her appendix out on Saturday. So we talk a little bit about um, the bonding experience of going through a medical crisis together, uh, meeting parents and having to sort of navigate all that, and uh, just a few more things that come up. As always, great chats with Joanne. I'll be back at the end of the ep to wrap things up and uh, talk about what's coming up. Um, That was an email that came through. Don't forget, by the way, guys, I, I've forgotten to say it recently, but don't forget to give us reviews on iTunes, take screenshots on Spotify, put it up on your Instagram, spread the word. So many great new uh, new listeners lately, which, uh, of course, we're really grateful for. Uh, anyway, um, here comes Joanne. I'll be back at the end of the app. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but Ireland is now level five, which is... Level five. And also, it's not just that there were level five. Like, I kind of got stuck here, which is grand. I mean, look, there's worse places to be stuck. But um, your man, Michal Martin's basically going, look, the truth is Ireland's going to be in and out of severe lockdowns until there's a vaccine. That's it. That we, for whatever reason, whatever has been going on in the health system, I don't know the ins and outs, that we are not equipped with any sort. We cannot handle any type of surge. So we're not, numbers-wise, we're actually not that bad. I mean, everywhere's bad now. Yeah, everywhere's we're, going up. Yeah. Like Germany's worse and Spain's worse and Belgium's worse and lo- the UK's worse. But because we don't have the health system to cope, we're all fucking backlocked in our attics with nowhere to go. Yes. You can't move outside of 5K. Yeah, so you can't even like, they're stopping you in your fucking car being like, where are you going? It's like, I was going to visit, yeah. my, visit my cousin. No, you're fucking not. Exactly. There's all that. It's shit. like trying to fucking. It's like think, trying to run guns, trying to see your fucking mates. <laughs> yeah, trying to run tennis match in Clontarf. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, can but you like, can you I sneak? Can you sneak like? Can you try to sneak to within like? 
get your friends to be like, yo, just just fucking make a run for make a run for the corner of these two streets, and then you'll be within five k, and then I can whip in and fucking pick you up. I know. I mean, like where everyone's looking for loopholes, and of course that's not in the spirit of the thing at all. So the countries we're being told to kind of hold hands and and do it together. But my only thing, my uh, my my okay. So look, look, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a scientist. I'm actually very underqualified to even have these conversations. But surely there's no guarantee there will be a vaccine. We're all hoping that there will be, but we've really no idea how long that's going to take. Was the message from the WHO not to learn to live, learn to live alongside this vaccine? So the virus. Should they not have been spent in the last six months, or virus? Should they not have been spent in the last six months trying to uh, like get more ICU beds and put more money into the health system? Like, I don't know. I'm sure they're doing everything they can, right? And it's not the time for sniping because it's no help to anyone. And I'm sure the government don't want to go into level five either. But it just feels like we're plugging the wrong hell to be honest. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, number one, I'm not there, so I can't say, but I do have to say that like Ireland, Ireland is locking down with a similar amount of cases that like we're having out here in Suffolk County. You know what I mean? So yeah. like what's considered reasonable here is considered like a fucking emergency in Ireland. Now I'm not saying one is better than the other, but like obviously New York had this terrible one. And since then, but like we're, we're but since then it's been okay. So like in in this county that I'm living in, we're living a sort of a semi reasonable life based on the numbers that Ireland is locking down on. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what's so frustrating. That's what's so hard. That's why it's so hard to comprehend. It's so hard to accept because no our numbers are not by comparison that bad. Yeah, I also, to be honest, I I also don't know the science behind like restricting the movement of people as much as they do. But, you know, in saying that, again, like you, I just don't know. But I, 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 you know, I I know that Australia uh, has taken more of this kind of an Irish kind of an angle and they have very low numbers and they've had a lot of low death. So I can't argue against the 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 way that Ireland is doing it because it's definitely going to restrict, it's going to restrict the damage a hundred percent. And of course it is. Yeah. And I I think, I suppose what I'm saying is that the zero COVID thing, it's not realistic here in Ireland. And they're saying herd immunity isn't ethical in Ireland. So what are we left with? Just constant lockdown. It's just, yeah, I do think they're confident. It's pretty grim. It's a pretty grim prognosis. It is, but I do to give a bit of hope. I do think that they're confident mm-hmm. that there will be a vaccine. But I also think that by next summer, yeah, of course. Okay. by next summer, society is no longer going to accept lockdowns. So I assume they're trying to buy as much time as possible to be completely prepared for the horrible scenario of a vaccine not being effective by next summer. Yeah. I also, people are such a pain in the hell. Like, I ha- like uh, even being on. <laughs> this is just a ge- are- this is just a general statement, jo- Joanne. This is not just in relation to COVID. Not to do <laughs> like people are just a pain in the hell. Like it's really bringing out the worst in people, and and some people is bringing out the best in them. But like just the kind of the rashiness of people and the like judgment of people and the hypocrisy of people and the watching each other and the scaremongering and people dying to be the ones to share 
a photo of some coffee shop where someone's not no. socially distancing. It's like, fuck off. Oh, How is that helpful? I know. Fuck but off. people just get into that, you know, and that's just the different personalities. But they're and the, then there's the, they're the, I know, but they're the, uh, they're the worst kind of people. You, okay. So let me ask you this. Do you think they're worse than a former comedian? For, uh, I, maybe you don't know him. I'm not going to name him, but there's a former comedian. Oh, Jesus. There's a former comedian that is constantly on Facebook now basically posting that masks are bullshit and talking about human rights and freedoms. And he's very much of, of the conspiracy theory ilk. He used to be like into floor, you know, fluoride is a problem. And uh, so isn't he worse that type? Who is this? Oh, you know what? I, I, I can't even remember his name right now, but it doesn't really matter. You know, the reality is though that he- Of course you can remember his name. No, no, I actually, I actually, right, right. No, but honestly, right at this minute, like I can't, I, I, his name is actually just gone. Well, we all know that conspiracy theories have never been more popular because people are in, in dire need to feel like they have the inside scoop on something or to feel like they know something. I mean, it like it is, a, it is a bit of a mad time, but okay. So two things, one, I would say when the masks first came out, even I was a bit sketchy about them. I was like, no, it's very performative. Even the scientists weren't sure about masks. Yeah. But now it's been proven masks work. So like, what a, like there's always going to be dicks like that. It's a very American trend. I think they've inherited from the Americans. That's what I think. Irish people aren't as compliant as like the Chinese say, but we are more compliant than the Americans. I would think. Yeah, I mean, we're New not Yorkers, all about our own freedom. New Yorkers are very big into the masks, but in general, in America, obviously the Republicans, because that's the joke. That's the joke that me and Hannah always say is like, if we're wearing a mask, we we pull out our nose and we say, uh, "I'm wearing my mask like a Republican." You know, this sense of like, "I'm wearing a mask," but it's not really because the Republicans love to get their nose out. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, just for show. yeah, they're a little bit of protest, which is like, yeah, fuck you. I have a mask on, but I, I my nose is out, you know, but, but in yeah. general, in New York, people are quite, actually in New York city, I've gone into Manhattan a couple of times and it's quite surprising. People really wear their masks a lot outside, which actually it's not as important, but that becomes a thing yeah. that what I don't like seeing. Cause I, I, all this stuff about people complaining about, you know, masks and shit, um, Sorry, I just started getting. Did you change anything on your computer? Did you take your headphones out or anything? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's okay. Nothing. No, I just was. I started getting feedback myself. I don't know why, but uh, all, all the stuff about people not wearing masks. I can't stand when people try to shame people who are outside for not wearing masks. It's like we're outside. I've never heard of that. That's like right. Oh, I see it sometimes. People be like, "Why aren't you wearing a mask?" It's like we're fucking outside, and it's 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 blowing a gale. We're good, you know. Yeah, like unless it's got little suction cups on its legs, it's it's very unlikely it's going to make its way to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why they're always telling. So if you have if you've underlying um, health conditions, blah blah blah, or symptoms, but like I don't know. I mean, who I oh my god, masks outdoors. Sure, I was sitting on a train the other day wearing a mask in a completely empty carriage, and I was like, this is there's no point to me wearing a mask here, but I'm just going to wear it anyway because. I don't want to just, I don't want to be seen to be not wearing a case we drive through a station or something. Yeah, you don't want that. Just you don't, keep it on. You don't want that on Twitter. Like, here's Joanne McNally not wearing a mask. Yeah. It's not worth the stress. By the way, keep the mask on. I played fucking squash, which is embarrassing enough. I played squash with a mask on. They insisted on keeping the fucking mask on. I was like, if Corona doesn't kill me, the fucking expulsion of carbon dioxide back into my own fucking mouth. I can hardly breathe as it was. I'm fucking, I got this fucking mask on. That is a lot. I, I've never seen anyone play, wearing uh, masks playing sports. Oh, you know it's another. But, I mean, look, I don't play sports, so I don't know. Another funny. Maybe they're all another, riddled with masks. Another funny scenario I had is myself and Hannah were wearing masks, and then 
I smelt like I smelt something. I was like, "Did you fart?" She was like, "No," and I was like, "Oh, I guess my breath stinks." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like breathing back into your own face. It's a bit of a fire. <laughs> but like the, the people saying that masks is like they're a, an offense on their right to freedom or whatever. It's like I'm wearing a mask to protect you. Like, do you know what I mean? It's a collect. We're collectively trying to protect each other. It's not an attack on your freedom. What are you on about? Oh, I know. The, the, listen, the whole argument about masks being attack on freedom is so ridiculous because they wait at red lights. They fucking buckle their seatbelt. Like these are just like, like there's so many simple things we do for this, for the sake of public health and public safety that are non-controversial, you know, like you don't drive yeah. drunk. Very few people other than the Healy Rays argue for the ability to drive with more than a drink on you. You know, like we accept that in society as like a thing that is good for the benefit of others. And wearing a fucking mask is such a fucking tiny thing. Like, first of all, when it's when it's really hot outside, we still wear clothes because it's accepted in society that it's not cool to walk around naked. Like at the moment, at this temporary juncture in life, it's just unacceptable to go into crowded places without a mask. It's not a big fucking deal. There's a really bad, there's yeah, but, constant. Yeah, I know, but um, that that that's on you. I, I I'm not going to be. I'm going to be using other audio. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I dropped. I dropped the wire for a sec. Sorry. Speaking of um nakedness i was down at Kalani beach this morning and there was a man i've never seen anyone freer so he was bollock naked and he was kind of stretching and doing yoga as at the sea it was just it was just an amazing thing to watch i was like a he doesn't give a fuck which i love i think the older you get the less you care about your body to be honest i'd say once you get to your 60s and 70s you're like look it is what it is do you know what i mean like was it was I'd it say you're more accepting of yourself was it at the vico or was it actually on Kalani beach on Kalani Beach and he had his arms up in the air and he was facing the sun like he was drinking the sun and he was standing at just the, kind of the start of the sea and I was like oh my god it just I, I felt zen just watching him yeah I mean and I haven't I haven't engaged in the sea swimming fetish yet I haven't done it I also I would I would be interested to know if Instagram wasn't a thing I'd say that sea would be mostly empty like people are going down for the content. Let's face it. Yeah, although like Grant, whatever, but it, whatever. It, in saying that, when I was younger, my twenties, I did do two full years where at least once a month I swam in the sea in Ireland. Yeah, so I know you, you get. You I know get it. some people have been doing it for years. It's just because of because of social stuff now. Things catch on. Things become a trend. Really, it just it just feels then. Yeah, yeah. Well, but like I, I'm told, swimming the, in the sea is great for yourself. I think the the happy pair guys have something to do with that. Oh yeah. Hey, the communal sea swim. Were you the one that posted an Instagram saying, I never realized that the happy pair is a pun. Was that you? No. Well, I fucking never knew that either. I never, all the times that we, I, th- these guys in the restaurant, the happy pair for our American listeners, the happy pair is a restaurant in uh, Greystones in, in uh, County Wicklow, but the, the, the two brothers run it. And they're very active on social. It's not, yeah, it's not just a restaurant. It's a lifestyle choice. Really. It is nowadays, yeah. So, yeah. but I never registered the fact that the happy pair, meaning that's like two happy brothers. Oh my God, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> now you're just learning. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I know. There you go, man. They, they do seem to live the like, they do seem to live the most perfect happy, balanced, healthy, 
lifestyle, don't they? Like they're seas, they swim in the sea every morning at sunrise with all their little pair minions, their little cult of happy pair followers. <laughs> their nexium of sea swimmers. <laughs> yeah. And they're ripped to fuck. They have great bodies. They just eat vegan food. They're always smiling. They're like, they're like Jedward, but not without the spectrum part to them. They're just like, they're like, they're the kind of, they have that content happiness, but you can hold a conversation with them without one of them just kind of walking off into the traffic. Do you know that way? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to suggest in any way, shape or form that we're diagnosing Jedward, but your description of the happy pair guys is strong. <laughs> you know what I mean like they are that but you can you can be around them but they I have met them they are quite giddy and they go, they do kind of like you think they're really upbeat and yeah, you, they talk over each other you think it's genuine because obviously the cynic wants to be like in real life these guys are fucking miserable but no I think it's totally genuine because when I was doing Nixers in PR before I got into comedy there was a guy who ran a little kitchen similar to them but not really he was doing like healthy foods and he ha- wanted to hire me to kind of sell him like the happy pair guys. And I was like, I can't sell you as the happy pair guys. You're, you're an overweight stoner who is just doing this to make money. I was like, these lads are legit. Yeah, they're living it. I can't, you, you, you can't fake that. They are, to use the 2020 term, authentic. They are authentically them. Which is great now, but can't fake it. But here's the thing about the happy pair guys: they're not getting in the sea naked. Now you see this guy getting in naked. Now you're you're looking at him thinking he's totally free, which of course I think could possibly be true. Was there any part of you that was also thinking this guy's a fucking weirdo? Because I've been down at the Vico swimming in the sea in the winter, and they used to be down at the forty foot, but now they're down at the Vico, the naked swimming guys, and. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're weird, but I was judging them as being weird. I was like, what's the difference between having a fucking pair of Speedos on and getting in naked? Like what what what's going on with you? Yeah, I know. Well, I, I yeah, totally. Because you're like, why aren't you playing by the rules if I'm playing by the rules? You're obviously missing a layer of like shame that I have. And why don't you have it? But I think it's age. I do. Like most of the naked swimmers I see are people in their 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they get to a stage, they're like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Do you know what I mean? They're not like, do you know when you're young and you're trying to be all cool and you're, you're really paranoid about your body and you're, you're like trying to stand so that people can see your abs. And I mean, I've never had an ab, but like I'd imagine that's what I'd be doing. They're just like, this is what it is. Get into the sea. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. And they've all the they've all that time. They're retired. They need to get their thrills from somewhere. They're not out doing drugs anymore. So, which actually brings us to one of the topics that we wanted to discuss. Which I don't know how big of a news it is in Ireland, but it's a very big news here that Jeffrey Tubin, the CNN contributor and also writer for the New Yorker, has been suspended from the New Yorker because he he was he was masturbating on the Zoom call, thinking that the call was muted. Had you heard that news or did you only look at it when I told you? I only looked at it when you told me. And But I haven't really been in the papers the last couple of days just to de-stress. I read it and I was like, hold on a second here. Why has this man been... What's the Jerking word? off? Masturbating? No, no, no. Why has he been... Vilified? Taken out of... No. Why has he been taken out of his job? What's the word, suspended. What's the word I'm using for? He's suspended. Yes. Why on earth has this man been suspended for what is clearly an accidental Zoom wank? I mean, come on. Well, I, I, okay. <laughs> well, 
I'll play the devil's advocate here. And I guess he's being suspended because despite the fact that it's, it's an accident, uh, the fact that he's on the zoom while also having a separate zoom and masturbating is a bit disrespectful to the meeting. He was still in the meeting. He just thought that he had muted himself. Oh, who cares? Like Zooms are, we're now supposed to be working in our private home space where things like that go on. You can't, you can't be offended by something someone didn't intend you to see. That's a load of bollocks. Okay. So here's a scenario. Me and you are on a Zoom right now. We're recording this on a Zoom. Okay. So say I am continuing this conversation, but I, I, I mute myself. I think I've muted myself and I'm still talking to you, but in another screen, I'm looking at some porn and I'm like chatting away to you and I start jerking off and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, oh, I thought you couldn't see me. Would you not think that's fucked up? No, Jazz, I know you. I wouldn't think that was <laughs> You start to start playing with you. you. You'd be like, oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> I'm, I was like, I'm surprised you even had the common courtesy to turn your camera off, to be honest. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think it was, I honestly wouldn't think it was weird. I really wouldn't. I like, I think there was a story before I was going around this guy who, again, like that, was on a work Zoom and, or was now working from home and didn't realize that his screen was, able to be seen by other people and of course he was looking at porn come on we're human beings he was having a little cheeky wank i i mean the man has to deal with the humiliation of the story being public now that surely is punishment enough well maybe he decided to take a break himself i would i'd want to just kind of curl up in the house for a while and let the thing die out let the story die out i know i felt i felt nothing but absolute pity for that man i was like wow Okay, so these really just normal behaviors, and we're supposed we're made feel completely humiliated. No, for them. I, I, of course, Joanne, I understand. I but but in a work environment, right? In a, but he wasn't. He was in his own house. I know, but I understand that. But but in the corporate world, Zoom meetings have become the norm, and the expectation is that when you're at the Zoom meeting, you're present. You're not fucking yeah. jerking off. Totally. Like, yeah, you just go, listen, dude, less of the wanker next time, yeah? And he goes, sorry about that. I don't think it should be like a suspension and a, and a, and a global story. So that's, so, so that's too much for a little wank. So, so I mean, come on. It's pretty, it's pretty funny, though, that like the boss of The New Yorker. So first of all, The New Yorker is a very serious magazine, okay? The New Yorker yeah. is also the magazine that broke the story about Harvey Weinstein, okay? So let's put this shit into context, yeah. right? And next thing, one of your main writers is sitting there with the head of the fucking New Yorker. This woman is sitting there at this meeting thinking they're having a normal meeting. And next thing, you're watching Jeffrey Tubin jerking off. That's like, that. that's a hard thing not to- I know, it's- yeah, it's unexpected. But like, you don't it's think it's you don't think it's worth a suspension? No, I really don't. I don't think that's worth the suspension. No, I think there's so much going on, and no, I don't think that's worth the suspension. I think bribery is worth the suspension, and I think like g- making people work for you for wanks and uh, promoting people if they let you wank on them is is worth the suspension. Having a private wank in the privacy of your own home. Well, supposed to be on a work call. I mean, no one's really on those work calls. Come on. Like, <laughs> okay, so people so, are dressed from the waist up. Like, everyone's pulling this shit. Okay, so to. to, to I support him. Okay, so. Tubin. So, just so you know, he, he was on some sort of like, he was talking to somebody else. It wasn't porn. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He was actually like having like a, a, like a sex. Yeah, with somebody else who was not his wife. Whether it was like paid or not, I don't know. Well, that now, that rattles me now. Yeah, so I just wanted to add that to the you know did you just get this information right now or something? no no why didn't you tell me it's at the start well no sorry i i i i thought you knew but we were so deep in the thing that i was i was just waiting to give you that information well now all i can think about is his wife and the absolute humiliation that she must feel that not only has her husband been stung for wanking on a zoom but he was obviously doing it with a sex worker or some sort of website babe.com or something. I'm assuming that's what it is. I don't have the actual evidence of who he was chatting to. If it was like somebody that he has regular phone sex with, you know, or it was like a OnlyFans or some sort of, you know, paid thing. That that's the one part yeah. I don't know. And I also don't know if actually part of his fetish is Baby, the head of the New Yorker is fucking, I'm muted her right now and I'm fucking choking one out. What, you know, like, I, I don't know if that was part of it either. Isn't it so, isn't it still shocking though that something so private like that, that I, me, Joanne McNally sitting in my mum's house in Dublin is now discussing this lad's fetishes or whatever, who he's having phone sex with or him having a wank. Isn't it mad? I, like, it's none of our business. A hundred percent it's none of our business, but isn't it, isn't it just as mad? That he can't wait a fucking half an hour for this meeting to be done to fucking choke one out. Like, I don't understand. Like, like how busy is your day that it's like, okay, I'll sneak one in during the New Yorker Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> Zooms are so boring. I know. Uh, like, come on. I mean, it's so repetitive at this stage. Like, people are doing all sorts. Zooms are a recipe for disaster. Like, they're, it's... That you just the advice is when you're finished your Zoom call, slam your fucking laptop closed. Yeah, but he wasn't finished the fucking Zoom call. He was still on it. Look, I still support him. <laughs> I think he's a good guy. I think he was caught in a very private moment. Like I, I support him. Yeah, I he's mean, probably really good at his job. He's, just he, he's, he, he's great. I watch him all the time. He's exactly. on CNN all the time. But he's fucked now. I mean, it's like the Neil Prendeville thing years ago. He got caught wanking on a plane. He got his career oh. back, but it did take time. And still to this day, you can get a laugh when you're in Cork making a Neil Prendeville joke about what happened on an Aer Lingus flight. Jeffrey tubing for life. I think it's actually going to become a verb. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm tubing at the moment. Having like, a tubing. Yeah, I'm yeah tubing. having a tubing. I know. A zoom, a zoom and tube. Yeah. 
says, you want to, hey, babe, you want to fucking zoom and tomb right now? <laughs> it's, so, it's just so humiliating. But I don't think that your pro- things that you do in private, depending on your job, there's a, like, there's a lot of variables and stuff. But I don't think it should really impact your job. There's so much crossover now and people are expected to be these oracles where they just never fuck up. Yeah, I mean, the other, like- the other thing that, of course, could have happened was they could have said nothing. They could have just been like, Jeffrey, this is like fucked up. And just yeah, why kept, did they say anything? Yeah, I guess it leaked, I guess. Like, I guess somebody on the call said, you're not going to believe this, but Jeffrey Tubin was just jerking off and they had to suspend him to make it look like that's unacceptable. Or perhaps they, they jumped the gun in the sense that perhaps they thought like he was getting off on jerking off to watching them yeah. on the Zoom. I. I guess with everything that's going on, they have to take that into consideration as an option. They have to that, and they guess that's what they when they say there's an investigation happening. Yeah, you know, I guess like that's what they're investigating. But how are they going to? They're just going to go. Did you do it on purpose? He's going to go. No, they've no. They can't prove it one way or another. Yeah, but I, I I think it seems to be accepted now that he had another he had another window open and thought that. But you know, I just I just think like you're such a smart guy. How can you not have factored in that fucking you the the there may be a chance that the zoom is still open. Like, how do you take that risk? So you can only assume that part of the, what he got off on was the risk. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's true. It doesn't make him bad at his job. No, no. Like you can't be a professional 24 seven. It's like, it's not natural. I I get it. I get it. I get it. Look, he should have, he should have waited. He should have waited. He should have waited. I understand it. But like everyone's had cheeky rides somewhere because they were like, you know, the excitement was someone might see like, yeah, I've, 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 I've actually done, I have done sexual stuff with my partners over the years when they're like on a call, you know, like I've done sneaky stuff, but never, never when the zoom is on, you know, like, like right now you can't see my bottom half, but I've never been like with my, you know, with somebody being like, Hey, nobody can see my bottom half. I can, you know, get that. I've never, I've, I've never done it. But I've done it. There's other there's other victims of the virus that aren't necessarily infected with COVID. He is a victim of Corona. He is absolutely like to the left. Yeah, because he could have just been yeah. on a conference call, and then he exactly. could have been fucking a wank. choking one out. And that's the thing is that Louis C.K. One of the fucked up things that Louis C.K. did, as per all the allegations, was he once was on a call with a woman, and then she realized that he was masturbating while they were on the call, and that was considered pretty fucked up. Yeah. So, you know. How'd she, I suppose you just hear him kind she, of tapping away. Yeah, she she became aware that he was jerking off and it fit in. That's, that's, there's a comic told me that, a female comic told me that she's in the middle of reporting some male comic for doing the exact same thing, just ringing her up and wanking down the phone. But, but, but not talking about the wanking? No, as in like she didn't know it was happening. She figured it out. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, this is, that's why this is a moral it's conundrum. Thing. This is a moral conundrum, Joanne. You know? So this whole concept of tubing is now going to, it's, it's a thing that's going to, what's going to happen is it's going to become quite apparent that it's, 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 it's quite popular for men to sort of masturbate in uh, strange situations where they shouldn't be doing it. But I also think a lot of men masturbate out of pure boredom. Yeah, I mean, I used to, be, like, when I was working, like, normal jobs back when I was younger, uh, I would just take a, a a toilet break and just choke one out, literally just to fucking pass five minutes. Yeah, and it was just, like, a fun thing to do, just, like, sort of reset, you know? 
Yeah, it's like a healthier smoke break. It's like I used to go out and take a smoke break. I didn't I didn't even really care about smoking. I just knew it would give me a break from the absolute, well, the drivel of where I was working, whatever petrol station I was working at the time. Yeah. I used to smoke working at a petrol station. But obviously you went to the safe section, right? No, I was out in the forecourt smoking. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get it. Didn't get it at all. Like we just walk around the side of the pumps and smoke. Anyway, so it's the exact same thing. You're just breaking up the day. This lad was probably just bored out of his mind. The problem with, uh, what's his name? Tubin? Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin is that he's a man of status. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, a, there's, there's um, a lot of kudos to his job and people want to trust him and he's like a father. You know, he's got like a certain role and this makes him just a lad. Yeah, just another basically. fucking guy that's fucking jerking yeah, off in front of his computer. fucking guy. And it's funny because I'm very open very open about masturbation and i've no shame around masturbation but the thought of somebody who's not a participant in my masturbation suddenly seeing me masturbate just seems so sad even though it's not really a sad <laughs> thing it's not a sad thing that i'm doing but like if it's not like hey baby let's do it together then suddenly if somebody catches me jerking off that's still to this day seems like oh my god i can't believe you see me doing this thing that you all know that i'm doing when nobody's looking yeah, because you're quite vulnerable when you're doing it, actually. But also, it's like... Like a dog, take, so much... like a dog taking a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's your kind of... You're having a very base moment with yourself. Um, but the th- I think there's something... Uh, to me, I think, wanking... Like, ringing up some girl and wanking down the phone when she doesn't know you're doing it. To them, it's obviously like a control thing or something. To me, it just feels very pathetic. Yeah, well, but to them, they obviously get something out of it, you know. They get a kick out of it, but to me, it just feels really. That's like an that's anorak man exposing himself down an alleyway material. Yeah, it's embarrassing for him. And the biggest thing is, I heard he wasn't wearing a mask, so it was really fucked up. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! Imagine the fucking video got out. I wonder were they recording that Zoom? That would be a fucking. That would be a serious viral. I assume the video, was the video not out? Oh, I certainly haven't I seen, I, I haven't seen the video. Well, how else would they, we even be having this conversation if they hadn't been able to prove that it happened? Oh, I mean, I, I everything's video. Yeah. And there was numerous people on the zoom. I mean, it would, it would require, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it, it's, 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 it's not controversial in terms of that it happened, you know? There was another story recently, was it in Spain? There was a Spanish politician took a shower again. He was on a, a call with his counselors and he thought that, he had turned the video off. Yeah, well, there was a funny one that was going around where this woman didn't realize she was still in the Zoom and she went for a piss. I saw that, yeah. yeah. you know, so that's... And everyone's just laughing. Yeah, everyone was just laughing. Look, we're just, we're not equipped. We're not equipped for all this new tech. I know. It is, I'm certainly not. It is great, though, for something to talk about, you know? I know. The Zoom and human. So just to, just, to, just to wrap it up for just a bit of, uh, just a bit of gossip from my own life, which I was telling you, uh, Hannah had her appendix out. Did you ever have your appendix out? Ooh, no, never. Did they burst? So she didn't have a ruptured appendix. No, but so th- th- this is how quick it happens. It's just funny because, like, I only, I only met Hannah. Like, met her. I didn't know her before July eleventh. Okay. Yeah. So everything, as you know, has been super rapid. But I was so Friday. Uh, I I know Hannah about what three three months and a week, three months and a week and a half. So. Friday, I was on my way to pick her up from her parents' house because she films this thing at her parents' house every Thursday and Friday. Um, 
And like at 5.30, she messaged me. She was like, actually, I want to get dinner with you. So let's get some pizza. So I was like, okay, great. Because sometimes she eats with her parents and then I pick her up afterwards. So I was actually on my way to pick her up at the ferry because her parents live on this island. And uh, she messages me being like, she calls me and says, I'm on my way to the hospital. I'm in so much pain and I don't know what it is. And we're going to the hospital. And of course, like even she was thinking like, this better not just be a fucking fart that's not getting out, you know? Which funnily enough, it turns out a lot of people, when Hannah messaged about getting her appendix out, a lot of people messaged her because Hannah was jokingly saying, I thought maybe I just had fucking trapped wind and I was going to be super embarrassed. A lot of people are worried about that. Anyway, long story short, by the time she gets to the hospital, she's in fucking agonizing pain. She goes in, they can't figure it out for a while. They gave her a fucking ultrasound. I was like, oh my fucking God, she's fucking pregnant, you know? I was just like... (gasps) I was just like, Jesus Christ, you know, this is, uh, this is like, this is, this thing has gone so fast and this is, this is just fucking Murphy's law on the fucking pace of this relationship. Anyway, she wasn't pregnant. It was nothing to do with her ovaries, uh, but they couldn't diagnose whether it was her appendix or not. It turns out that her, uh, her intestine was covered, had wrapped around her appendix to protect her. That's why they couldn't see it. Long story short, Saturday afternoon. Oh, that's so cute. I didn't know your appendix could do that. Your, your intestine could do that. Well, the doctor said it's very rare, actually. And that's, he, he was a bit befuddled by it because it, 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 he'd never seen that before himself. That's so cute. Yeah, her little body protecting herself. Oh, cute. But in the end, it didn't protect her because it made it harder to diagnose that it was... Uh... But anyway, she got her appendix out, and upon taking the appendix out, it was clear that it was appendicitis, and the, the operation was a success, and uh, she's out now. But it was just... It was just it was quite interesting because I only know her this short time, and our relationship has gone really well. But I, it was just very quick to suddenly be there with her parents outside the emergency room during COVID where none of us could go in right so then suddenly hannah goes in and then it's myself and her parents three months and a week into our relationship like discussing the health and well-being of hannah it was pretty fucking like it was pretty like husband wife shit you know have you not met them before i have met them before so it wasn't weird like that yeah and we get on yeah we get on really well and my relationship with her parents has accelerated sort of uh at a pace that coincides with the pace of our relationship in that like I've met Hannah's parents numerous times they've been to this house here in West Hampton I've taken them to dinner so it wasn't weird in that I didn't know them but it was just like fucking hell you know because like I've been through so much hospital shit with my mom for nearly five years and just like all those standing outside hospitals with my brothers and my aunts it was just like how the fuck am I doing this talking to fucking Hannah's parents about if Hannah's gonna be okay it was fucking full on but this is what these are what those bonding moments like in Failure to Launch when Sarah Jessica Parker is hired by Matthew McConaughey's parents to move him out of the house. So she has all these things that she does. And one of them is to create um, a medical emergency for them to bond over. So she has her dog put down. But it's the same thing. You're now going to be closer than you were before. Are you telling me that Hannah didn't really have appendicitis? She fucking created this as a bonding moment? Don't trust Hannah. <laughs> she sounds like she's trying to manipulate she's, you into something intense. Well, how'd she, uh, how'd she said she was pregnant then? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no. I know. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, I, I'm 44. I wouldn't give a fuck. But at the same time. Uh, yeah, you'd be great, Dad. You're dying to have kids. No, none of us are. No, fucking do it. None of us, are, none of us are, are, are dying to have a kid. But but it was interesting. Now's the, now's the perfect time to have a baby, Dad. You have nothing else to do. You might as well have a baby. Yeah, I know. But it's like people getting puppies during the fucking pandemic. Like the pandemic will be over and then you got fucking 18 years of raising this child. 
And and here's the, the thing. Actor- Hannah's busier than me right now. Like Hannah's killing it in the pandemic. I am doing fuck all. So if Hannah got pregnant tomorrow, the world would have to change really fucking fast for me to have any argument at all that my career uh, takes precedent. Like it would be a fucking, you know, I, I would probably. But it wouldn't. We wouldn't take precedent. Why would it take precedent? No, but, but, She's got more going on. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. I'd have to be the stay-at-home dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know another couple who are moving to Wexford and the, the dad's giving up his job and the mom's doesn't keep working. He's like, he's just like, fuck this. Like, it used to be a thing of pride where a man's like, oh no, I have to do this. Now men are just like, yeah, I'm wrecked as well. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I, I, I wouldn't have pride about it. I would just miss gigging. You know, I would, I would miss, yeah, I would I definitely miss the freedom of going off and and just being able to do my shows which you know if if myself and hannah had like different careers would probably be easy to navigate but the fact that we both have similar careers when covid's over and we're both going full belt where if hannah had a child one of us so we'll probably end up we'll probably end up in a competitive situation where on the year that hannah gets pregnant we'll both be trying to get our annual income up to the stage where it's like nah you got to take more time off than me you know but they will will you could always do six months on six months off you know truth you know you want to be honest at, at my age i feel like i'll probably in the end be like i'm good i'll i'll stay at home and look after the kids and then within a couple of months i'll be like you know what this is the fucking harder job i fucked up because I think parenting, probably, yeah, parenting. But certainly, I would think it's more repetitive job. At least you like a gig, and you. There's the great thing about comedy is there's no routine to it. So you can just like fuck off, and travel and gig, and you don't know where you'll be next month. And that's the that's the that's the big appeal. Whereas minding a baby, I'd imagine it's very repetitive. Like I was hanging out with my friend Audrey the other day, the other week, and uh, I spent a week with her in Rosslair. and every day she got up and took the kids to school. Now I couldn't get my head around it. That she was doing it. She did, I, the next day, I was like, "You're going to do it again tomorrow, aren't you?" She's like, "Yeah, Joanne." <laughs> for fucking eighteen years. Well, for f- I do it every years. day. To have that much routine in your life, and then she comes home and she does the bits and bobs, and then she drives and she collects the kids and she brings them to the park. I was like, "Ah, uh, no, I can't. I couldn't do it. I really don't think I could do it." I know. Except maybe if I was mad about the kid, but I just it just seems so repetitive. I mean, odds on torture. Odds on, you're going to be mad about the kid. I think that all these things. All these things seem torturous, and sure, all our friends with kids complain sometimes. But I think to the to us right now, living the freedom of the single well, not the single life, but the non child life, it seems torturous. But I think when you're in it, it seems like just totally natural. And you know, I think that your your sense of duty and love and and nurturing yes overrides all that other shit. That you know, like I don't I don't think you perceive it in the yeah. same way. No, but you probably, you, you don't. But at the same time, people are more honest about parenting now. Whereas before, no one really was allowed to say they didn't like it. Whereas now, like I used to do it in, sta- in stand-up, where it's like we made the heinous mistake of destigmatizing mental health. So now I know how shit it is being a parent. Like I know how hard it is because <laughs> people tell you. Whereas in our parents' generation, they just sucked it up and did it and fucking drank and just didn't say anything about it. Whereas now people are expressing themselves and how hard it is and everything. And I'm like, you're ruining the illusion for me. I have too much information. No, but I, I do. Too informed. I think that though. I think that part of the problem with waiting as long as we have to have children is too much fucking, I know too much. We've actual hindsight now from other people's situations, not even our own. It's not our own. We've no hindsight for ourselves from our own kids. But like we're looking at parents now. Like I know men who had kids five years ago with a full head of hair. And now they are completely bored and that is not a coincidence <laughs> it can't be a coincidence i'm telling you it can't be 
like honestly, like they've three hairs blown around the back there and their eyes are all like like concave. <laughs> like those men look like they've come back from war. They look like they've come back from war. I know, but something shifts. Like even I obviously myself and Hannah don't have any children, but that automatic instinct takes over. So like Hannah went into the hospital, she went into the ER, and all we have now is information coming from Hannah via her phone, right? So her parents have to get a ferry before 11.30 p.m. And I, until she got, we didn't know if she was going to be admitted. So until she got admitted at 3.30 a.m., I just sat in my car in the parking lot across the street from the ER, you know, and she was just like, you can go home. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go home until I know that you're not getting out. And it was just like, it didn't even enter my brain that I would leave. You just automatically, like certain things are just innate, innate and Obviously, I have no idea of the innate feelings that you have for a child, but even when you develop a connection with somebody, it just becomes innate to be like, no, I'm going to be here until I know that it's safe for me to leave. And it doesn't even feel like an obligation. It's like, of course, I'm just going to fucking sit here. You're totally right. And like my mother, in fairness to her, she would drive. If I I was having a ropey night in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Fringe and I, I rang her in Dublin... And I was like, I'm not having a great time. She'd probably come, like, she'd probably drive through the night to, to get me. Yeah. She would. She'd put on a diaper. Did you ever hear about that woman who murdered her husband? And she was so enraged. She was in America and she found that she copped that her husband was over the other side of America riding another woman. And she was, she just saw red and she drove across America, but she didn't want to stop to have to like pee or shit. So she put on a nappy. That was her, that was her, her level of rage. And she drove across America shitting herself. So she didn't have to stop and then murdered the two of them really yeah that's the kind of love my mother has for me this is an this is the assumption <laughs> oh no my mom would put on a nappy she would well you, do, do, she would do you, want, do you want me to ruin the ruin the moment um i i found out i had testicular cancer and uh mm-hmm. my mother did not come to ireland <laughs> oh, my cousins man. my cousins looked after me and then after my mother died my cousin actually asked my aunt. She was like, I never understood how Eileen didn't come over. And it's like, yeah, well, we, we all wonder. Was it was it money? Was she like, yeah, I can't afford I, it? I think honestly, well, who knows? I, I'm not going to be able to ask Only her. Only she knows. I think I talked to her about it. I would assume it was just like her inability to cope with stress was such that like mm. the thought of leaving everybody behind and you know, going over, like, I just don't think she could handle it, you know? And it didn't yeah. bother me. You were probably like, I'm, you were probably like, I'm fine. And she went, okay. Well, that was the joke. Right. That was the joke I used to say in the show. Was a, I called my mother to say, I had testicular cancer. She's like, oh my God, testicular. what are we going to do? I'm coming over. And I was like, no, mom, cancer's bad enough. Stay where you are. But that was like the terrible joke, of course. But, you know, in hindsight, you realize like, wow, Jesus, like I, I would, I would never, you know, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I know. So, uh, so basically your mom is better than my mom, which is handy for you because yeah. yours is still alive. She's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you, uh, this is the last thing I'd say, cause we, we don't talk about Hannah as much on this podcast. Um, but just just to show the the sense of humor, the fact that we have a very similar sense of humor, she was on Call Her Daddy again. I'm getting a lot of kudos on Call Her Daddy, right? Yeah. Uh, she's on Call Her Daddy again. And they're talking about meeting parents, funnily enough. And uh, so Alex Cooper asks Hannah, oh, have you met his parents? And Hannah kind of like a little bit taken off, like taken aback, just goes, fun fact, they're dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like i thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever and i hope everybody did think it was the funniest thing ever but i do think that some people might be like oh my god like that's you know but no no one cares about stuff like that comedians can say anything they want that's the great thing about the job yeah fun fact away fun fact they're dead and if anybody gets upset be like don't feel bad that fucking bitch didn't come over when he had testicular cancer and you can't feel bad about the death of people you've never met on behalf of someone you've never met either. Oh, my God. Have you ever fucking said something that's like so, so like distantly related to something? And, and then somebody will be like, I can't believe you said that. Do you know that somebody just died? And you'd be like, oh, so I'm talking about surgery and a famous surgeon just died and I'm not supposed to talk about, you know, they like to make these like these fucking distant connections. It's interesting as well, though, while people, everyone kind of treats death like it's this very unusual sacred thing it's not it's actually not it's like not. i mean listen it's ahead of us all that's right joanne if we want to finish I it, actually, so, go ahead one one last thing before we go i was i saw some video was going around but it was an irish guy had done it a young irish guy had died i don't know what he died of but he asked him to play a tape while they were burying him oh that was fucking hilarious yeah it was so funny and i was like what like death doesn't have to be this oh my god i'm so sorry like of course death is incredibly sad of course it is but you can also there's also bits of humor in death anyway to finish the story this guy had recorded his own voice recorded himself saying let me out let me out hello 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 let me out that was hilarious man i know yeah i i actually i i mentioned that in me and mama just about like you know, that it doesn't have to be so goddamn fucking serious because we're all going to die. But the, the reality is that why we're so sacred about death is because no one wants to accept our own death, you know? Whereas, like, if we just accept it as part of what we are, then it's it's not as heavy, you know? And also people are, are like, so because my dad's dead, when other people say, I'm not, I'm not so thrown if someone says, oh, my dad, if someone says my mother's dead or my father's dead, I'm not as, um, I don't bow down to it as much because I'm like, oh, I've been through it. So I feel yeah. like I'm, we're kind of on the same page where, whereas if someone had said my daughter died or my son died, that's something I've never experienced. So I'm, I assume that that is incredibly painful and awful. So I, I, um, I feel sorry for that person. Do you know that? Yeah, kind of I actually hate that. Kind, I, I hate basically. that when I'm like in the middle of a story and like, because it's relevant to the story, I'll be like, oh, actually my mom died. Like, and, uh, and then they'll be like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. It's like, I didn't even need you to say sorry. It's just like, we've, I we've know, but created. What, you can't say nothing. No, no, but 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 you, you can. Say, oh, you, cool. you can because it's just like, sorry, of course, you, it's, 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 it's become common courtesy to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But sometimes it's actually just like a fact within the story. And it's like, actually, it doesn't even require you to acknowledge. But for some reason, we think like, if I don't acknowledge this, I'm an ignorant cunt, you know? Yeah, I would always throw in a, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, 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 I would too. Yeah. I would too. But only because that's what's expected. Even though sometimes, like for me personally, now that it, I'm in it and I've said it, it's like I do not require it. But I know. But but people do. Th- and I'm. I, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Oh, yeah, cool. High five. Like they're obviously going to go. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, no. I, and, I, and I do the same thing. It's just I think it's unfortunate that because there'd be other things like say like, so then I sprained my ankle. It's like, you know, it's just like shit happens in the middle of the story. It's not going to be like, oh, that must have been tough. It's like, no, just fucking keep I telling know. your story. You know, but that's the I know Ryan Toberty did say though when he, when his when his parents died recently, I think it was his dad, I can't remember, but he was saying he wished that he'd been kinder to the people growing up whose parents had died along the way because until one of your own parents dies, you don't really understand yeah, what don't understand. a huge impact it has or what a huge loss it is. Yeah, 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 no. Anyway, I 
I'd like to have a funeral like your man getting buried in the box with the voiceover of himself. But anyway, we'll, t- we'll save that for another pod. Well, That's our next pod. We'll talk about our favorite. Our, our, we'll design our own funeral. Well, I did tell you to just in terms of death comedy, I did tell you the thing about my dad, right? What thing? So <laughs> my dad died in his bed. We were there. Aiden and I were there. My mother happened to be downstairs making coffee, which is the thing about being present when somebody dies is it's actually just luck, you know? Yeah. So my dad died and. He followed all the, you know, there's all this, like, the, the, the stuff that happens, you know, like fish out of water breath. There's things that make you know it's about to happen. My dad was a little more obvious than my mom, actually. So we thought my dad had died. And then, like, 15, 20 seconds later, he had another, like, gasp. Myself and my brother were like, fuck! You know, like, we actually got, we got, we got afraid, you know? Because we, we were already being like, you did it, man, you did it. And then he was like, ah! And he was like, ah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> alive! And, uh... But then, it's like someone popping up out of their coffin. But then that was it. Then though, that it was very different. Then it was like, oh, okay, so now he's really dead because actually, like everything changed. Like his mouth dropped. It was quite different, right? So then I had to go down and tell my mother, like he's gone, and she came up. And then we were like, it's weird. You have to like get ready for the funeral homecoming, and so like stuff's gonna happen, right? So when you die, like you, you know, your mouth gets a bit funny. And my father was so vain that I was trying to. I was trying to get his mouth into like a, a more flattering position, you know? And yeah. as I was moving his mouth, uh, I just started like moving his mouth up and down and doing his voice being like, oh, can you leave me alone? You fuck. Come on, man. This is so undignified. Can you stop fucking touching me? I was actually, I turned my dad into a puppet and we were just fucking laughing. And sometimes when I tell that story, people are like, that's fucking sick, but it's just like, whatever, you know, what are you going to do? Like, it's, it's fucking sad and we're trying to fucking have a laugh. And he's your dad. You can do whatever you want with his body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, within reason. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> it happened. And we, so people stuff their animals. <laughs> well, we weren't going to stuff my dad. But, I know, but people stuff their animals, you know. It's like, why can't you make a puppet out of your dad's mouth? I, 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 I it was a great idea. Sorry I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joanne. Well, listen, it's great to have you back on. We'll talk to you next month. Uh, if, Thanks, if, you're, if, you, if you're ever bored in the meantime, don't be afraid to drop in. I will, of course. And best of luck with all your future endeavors. I, I I don't think you're talking about anything that's happening yet, right? No. Okay, well. Wh- oh, yeah, no, I have that now. We'll talk about that the next time. No, no, but. Okay, I, well, bye. Okay, okay. I, was, I was just wondering if you, you're not allowed. You're like, you've got some cool stuff coming up, but you're not allowed to say, right? Yeah. No, but like, no, I know. They, I don't think I'm out. I don't think I Which is good. It's exciting. Anyway, it's, it's, you also gave me the best piece of advice. You said until the first ad break is on the tally. That's right. Don't trust it's going to happen. That's right, Joanne. And my advice. That came from Uncle Desmond. Well, that was Uncle Desmond telling me that. The smartest advice I will give you from here on in is that I can give you pretty good advice, but not all of it is good. So don't follow me every no, time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm able to sift out the good stuff. All right. Well, nice to chat to you. Talk to you soon. You too. Bye. See you. Bye. So thanks, guys. Don't forget at Joanne McNally Comedy on instagram check out what she's up to i believe she has a new pod coming out soon too so we look forward to that um in other news if you want to hear more secrets about my life you should listen to the last couple of episodes of call her daddy where hannah uh, gives away way too much information about our lives and also actually the latest episode of uh, taylor taylor strecker's podcast the taste of taylor way too much information but it's all very funny and uh For somebody who did a sex podcast for two years, I can't really complain about uh, people talking uh, about my sex life online. Uh, Jason Byrne next week, although I have to to admit to you, 
that I fucked up a little bit and press record a little late, but there's still a good bit of Jason. Um, Steve will be back next week, uh, and uh, we'll have loads more guests coming up. Oh, here's the thing I was thinking, and this is not this is not set in stone yet, but I do have this kind of um, this sort of transatlantic dilemma on the podcast these days, where we've definitely picked up quite a lot of new American listeners, which I love. But I do feel like they probably tune out a bit sometimes on the Irish stuff. Not because the Irish stuff isn't interesting, but perhaps some of it doesn't make a ton of sense uh, to them, or as you know, maybe the references uh, don't—they don't connect with it as much. Anyway, uh, the main body of our listenership is Irish, uh, which is also—I would hate to—I would hate to shift away from that on this podcast. So I was thinking that maybe I might try to shift to two episodes a week and have one sort of Irish-focused episode and one, you know, you know, not as Irish-focused episode. Um, now, I don't know if that's necessary, and maybe I'm just being paranoid, but I, I do feel also that, you know, Irish people prefer often the the stuff that has a little bit of an Irish focus. But, you know, again, this is just me thinking out loud. So I'm going to try it out perhaps. I, you know, I haven't I haven't made up my mind, but if, if anybody has any feedback, at Des Bishop on Instagram, hit me up in the DMs. Let me know what you think about that. Um, back in the early days of the pandemic, we were doing a lot of episodes, um, and I'm not sure if people preferred that or not. So it would be, uh, I would love to know, uh, your feedback on that. Would you prefer more episodes uh, in a week? Anyway, none of it's super important. Um, hit me up on Instagram at Des Bishop, Facebook.com forward slash Des Bishop if you're a Facebook person. Um, and that's really it, guys. We'll be back next week with Jason Byrne. Steve will be back. And uh, who knows what will happen in the meantime. Might get a couple of extra apps. Oh, and I keep forgetting to put up, I want to put up a couple of episodes from The Shift over here for uh, for some of the listeners to, to hear that perhaps might not know to go over to The Shift. So, uh, um, and of course, don't forget about The Shift. Katie's still doing it. So um, uh, do uh, pop over to The Shift. Uh, Katie's been putting some hard work in on that. So uh, by all means, keep supporting The Shift. Anyway, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.